that's got no reason to fear. Shout yes! Somebody shout with a voice of triumph this morning. Come on, somebody ought to release a war cry in the house this morning. and high five about 12 people on the way to your seat. Tell them the devil's already defeated. Woo! Tell them the devil's already defeated. Oh, yeah. Woo! Anybody excited about what God's doing already this morning? Woo! Hallelujah. Just remain on your feet as we prepare for the word of the Lord. We want to be expeditious this morning in getting the man of God to this desk. But before he comes, I want to again just take a moment to say what an absolute privilege and honor it has been this week to have every single one of you right here in the Rock Church for Impact Week. From our family to yours this morning, we just want to put our hands together and say thank you for being here. Would you help me, Rock Church? Just give a great big thank you and a welcome to everybody that's here. So honored to have you here this week. To all of our online viewers this morning, we thank you for joining us today. And, and God is doing some amazing things. I want to remind you before you leave to take advantage of some of the incredible products being offered in the lobby by a few of our vendors, I think there's still just a small handful of impact shirts that are left and some hats and visors, so make sure you don't leave without one of those today, and then a whole bunch of other stuff, girly things that I don't know how to explain properly, hallelujah, glory be to Jesus, but they got all kind of pretty stuff out there, at least it's pretty on my wife, amen, and uh, so take advantage of that. And then uh, Brother Ernesto has, I'm just, if some of y'all men don't understand what he's got out there, those are genuine Robert Talbot ties and neckwear and uh, very, very expensive, exquisite. But he's got them on a blowout price that you won't find anywhere. Somebody's going to just buy out the rest of his inventory and go home and be blessed. <laughs> And it's so, I want to give a special mention, we are so honored to have a handful of, the, of, of our young ladies from one of our churches in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, here with us this week. Are they in here yet? L'Eglise Warsla? Where's L'Eglise Warsla? Are they, are they in here yet? They, they may not have made their way back in. And, and, uh, but we're so honored that they are here. Les Jésus dit oui. Hallelujah. In case you don't know what that means, when Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. Hallelujah. And uh, we're on it there. I, would y'all do me a favor really quick? We've been pulling out our phones all week, and I didn't want to miss out on the fun. Would y'all just pull out your phone really quick? Really, really quick. It won't take long. Just pull out, pull out your phone. And, and open up your calendar. Because I want you to make sure you put it on your calendar. Impact 2021. 
October 19th through the 21st next year, we'll be right back here, the Lord willing, for Impact 2021. Hallelujah. Huh? August, what did I say? Well, y'all can come on October too. It'll be awesome. We'll be, we'll be making an impact in October 19 through 20. In addition to October, if you want to put in August 19 through the 21st, Impact Youth Conference will be right here. It's going to be exceptionally amazing. And we want you to be our guest and come back. Have a great time. How many of you just have enjoyed what God's done this week? Amen. Amen. And I want to say... Uh, just a great big thank you to every single hand that has spent any bit of your time, your talent, and your treasure making this week such an awesome week. From the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you for everything you've done to make this place amazing. I think we ought to give a resounding applause to every laborer, every behind-the-scene worker, every contributor that's made this week possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and uh, I want to recognize uh, one more special person that's here this year, and that is my pastor, my bishop, and my first lady all the way from Pueblo, Colorado. Amen. And uh, this, this is my dad, y'all. And uh, it means the world to have them with us. Today and I give them great uh, honor, double honor, triple, quadruple honor. And so I know the Bible just talks about double, but Randy verse chapter three verse seven says to give Bishop Elder triple and quadruple honor. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I love my man of God. I said I love my man of God. You don't love your man of God. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Amen. And uh, we are so excited this morning to have with us all the way from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Brother Cornelius Williams. We thank God his family is with him this week. His precious wife and his son that has not yet seen the Impact Youth Conference, but he's here with us. And uh, congratulations from Impact Youth Conference to you and your wife on a precious child that is on its way. I love and appreciate this great young man and his ministry. And uh, he is not just preaching great messages but he is leading the message, living the message that he is preaching. And uh, I love him and his precious family. And God has used him now on, is this your third time to preach Impact? This is his third time back to Impact. And uh, it just feels right that he's here today at this time. I know that God has given him a word for this house. And I don't want to miss one thing that God has for me this week. I believe that tonight could be the absolute moment that God shifts the paradigm of our life into the next year. Of what, how many of you believe that this morning? 
Would you lift your hands one more time across the sanctuary as we stand in anticipation of the word of the Lord? Would you open up your mouth and ask the Lord to speak to you all across this house as Brother Williams comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us? Amen. Let's lift up our voice unto the Lord this morning. Come on, lift up your hands, lift up your voice. Come on, lift it. Jesus is worthy. He's worthy. He alone is worthy. Come on, there's none beside him. There's none like him. Come on, he deserves. He deserves it. He deserves it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, cry from your soul. Come on, lift up your voice from your soul, the depths. Everything that lies within you, God, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. God, we stand humbly. God, we stand humbly in your presence. Amen. Anybody can feel the Lord in the house this morning. Come on, can you really feel Jesus in the house this morning? Amen. This conference has been more than a conference because the implications of the hour are greater than we've ever seen. And God has met us. God has communed with us. God has touched us. Anybody been thankful for the word that has gone forth in the house? Did God speak to anybody just yet? And these events are not put on for casual social gathering. But they're put on because men of the day that have understanding of the times see need for us to come together and band together stronger than we've ever been before. And such men in leadership like Pastor Randy Williams and his wife and family are people that if the world was crumbling to pieces, I want to be in the boat with them. Anybody thankful for your pastor? Come on, Fort Myers, you thankful for what God has. And they, they have been too kind, too kind to my family. And assisting us in navigating ministry and to be asked to come back for a third time is truly an honor, humbled, and so thank you guys for being so kind to us. Love you so much. Love you so much. Amen. People ask me how I felt in this season where people are depressed and people are troubled and wearied and heavy. And I hate to be selfish this morning, but I just don't have a sad song this morning. Because God's been good to me. 
Anybody feel like that? You can, you can complain if you want to, but God's just been way too good to me. Amen. Amen. And this time last year, I preached about taking up thy bed and a testimony. I preached about miracles and God giving you a miracle to hang your hat on. And it's hard to preach. It's hard to preach when you're petitioning God for your own needs. And for three years, 10 months, it's probably one of the darkest trials of our lives and preaching and preaching and professing faith and telling people to pray because God hears every prayer when God was not hearing in my own mind, not hearing my prayers. But God is faithful. I said God is faithful. Amen. And we, we were blessed that God worked a miracle and we are expecting our first child in six weeks. Amen. Amen. And so since babies can hear at this juncture in their, their development, my son is getting to hear his dad preach. And I just feel like preaching this morning. Amen. I give honor to my pastor. Amen. Pastor Spell this morning. Amen. 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 All the ministry that's here, thank you, brethren, for standing and letting your young people be a part of something that's revolutionary. Amen. Brother Hoffer, these messages that have been preached, I told God, I said, God, why would you do me like that? I was like, ain't nothing else to say. <laughs> but people all across this world, not just here, are hearing the gospel because of Holy Ghost Radio. Thank you, Brother Hoffer, for your ministry. Amen. Amen. But because the conference is coming to an end, I will be mindful. You stayed up till 5 and 6 o'clock in the morning. And if I catch you sleeping... Praise God. Anybody ready for God to speak to you this morning? First Corinthians 11 and 25. First Corinthians 11 and 25. I've sought the Lord earnestly and humbly for this hour. And God would not allow me to rest. Because I do appreciate this conference in every conference. But I pray that our generation, that Pentecost gets beyond just chirological moments. Because I really believe that if we take an ounce of what we have here, that when those doors swing open, the demons are going to tremble. In fear because you've gotten a hold of an anointing that cannot be denied. 
And so I feel an undress in my spirit. I feel, I feel an assignment to preach to my generation. Somebody say, well, Brother Williams, you're kind of old. Well, I'm not that old. I'm only 30 years old, so you better watch yourself. So I want to preach to my generation this morning. That's all right. 1 Corinthians 11 and 25, when you have it, say amen. The Bible says, after the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this cup. Everybody shout, this cup. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, everybody shout this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. This cup of the Lord shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Matthew 26 and 39, very quickly. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane prior to his crucifixion. And there's a great agony, there's a great, there's a great heaviness on him. And he steps away from his disciples because he felt the need to pray. Anybody feel like praying in this hour right now? He felt the need to pray. And Matthew 26 and 39 says, and he went a little further and fell on his face. And prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, if it be possible, let this cup, this cup, pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And it seems as though Jesus at that first prayer had committed to the cup because he said nevertheless, but there was still an unfolding. There was still some reservation. And he went to his disciples and said, can you not pray with me for an hour? That in this time right now, you don't enter into temptation. And the disciples were sleeping. And the Bible says in verse 42 that he went away again the second time and prayed, oh, my father, listen to this carefully, oh, my father, if this cup may not pass from me except I drink it, thy will be done. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Because we've gotten to many places in conferences like this where we've 
at services so powerful that we've had the last two days. And, it, and there in these services have been an undeniable pull on you. Anybody feel God pulling on you? There's been an undeniable pull on you. There's been an undeniable call of the cup. But so many times when we leave the conference, we push the cup away. And I pray this morning that, that this day be different. That this day be different. If you believe that God is calling you to something, if God is calling you to work in ministry, if God is pulling on you to live right, if God is calling you to be what you've never been before, I want you to lift your hands as high as you can to God. And I want you to lift up your voice and say, God, God, let me be the cup. God, let me be the cup. Come on, lift your voice as high as you can unto the Lord. Come on, this, this conference is not over yet. Come on, God is not done yet. God is speaking. God is pulling. God is reaching. Come on, young people, this is your hour. Come on, young people, this is your day. Come on, this is your time. This is your season that God is calling you. God is reaching for you. Come on, come on, extend those hands and say, God, I'm right here. God, minister to my soul. God, minister to my mind. God, I need your strength. Come on, come on, let the Holy Ghost just linger for a little bit. Come on. Come on, let, let God have his way in the house right now. Come on, let God have his way in the house right now. We're not leaving. Come on, we're not leaving with the same pretense. Come on, we're not leaving with the same agenda. We're not leaving with the same plan. We're leaving with our cup filled from the king. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord and worship him, worship him, worship him. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Worship, worship. Come on, you're going to leave here with boldness. You're going to leave here with anointing. Come on, make up your mind right now before the word goes forth that, God, I'm receiving this word. God, I'm receiving this word. I needed to saturate my spirit. I needed to redirect my mind. I needed to... Amen, amen. Everybody shout this cup. Amen. God bless you in the fear of the Lord. You may be seated this morning. In taking this type of text, I'm pretty sure if you've been in church for any amount of time, there's just a few folks in here that you're looking around and you're trying to figure out if we're going to take communion at a youth conference. You just waited for somebody to pass the tray around. Well, rest assured you we're not taking communion this morning. But the implications of this service are just as sacred because we have a responsibility in this hour. We have a responsibility in this hour. Our responsibility 
is to protect the sanctity of the kingdom of God. Our responsibility is to protect the king's table. And I just feel it in my bones this morning. I refuse to let this truth die with me. That's how I feel this morning. I said, I refuse to let this message die with me. And for every kingdom, there's an enemy. For every kingdom, there's a threat to the kingdom. And in biblical times and historical days, for this very reason, when kings would sit on the throne, they would scour out the entirety of their kingdom. Every village, every city, they would, they would search earnestly for one person. Everybody shout one. For one man. For one individual, just one, that was trustworthy enough, that had a purity in heart and mind and spirit enough to stand in the king's court. One person that had loyalty running through their veins because they believed in the mission of the king. Anybody believe in the mission of the king this morning? That we, he wishes that no man would perish, but that all would come to repentance. One man that was loyal enough to stand in the king's court, and he was given one responsibility. He was given the responsibility to be the bearer of the king's cup. This job was so immense that his job was actually not just to pour the drinks of his royal highness, but his job was to protect the king. And you would say, well, that makes no sense. He's not a soldier. He's not an armed guard. Why would his job description be to protect the king? I'll tell you why, because from the beginning of time, the greatest threat to any kingdom, even God's kingdom, is not the, the, the fear of destruction from without, but it's the fear from being destroyed from within. I don't know if you hear me this morning. We can't afford to kill each other because the greatest threat to God's kingdom is not the devil. Oh, I, I feel like preaching this morning. He only has limited authority, limited power when it comes to his ability to come against the kingdom. But oh, if we don't band together in unity, God's kingdom will not stand. But I feel like telling the devil this morning that there's a group of young people that I shall not die, I shall not fall, I shall not wither, I shall not fade, I will stand. I will stand in the king's court. His job was to protect the king. Because in a kingdom, there was always 
a great fear of plots against the king to kill the voice of the king. Oh, I feel you. I pray you feel me this morning. To kill the message of the king, the desire of the king to expand his kingdom. There's always a threat, a plot. And if the king was going to be killed, the bearer of the cup had to have the spirit of the sermon of every little schism and ism that was taking course and making its way to the king's door because there was always a chance that someone would poison the cup of the king. There was always a chance that when the king would take up the cup in his court, that that could be his last cup that he would drink. And so the cupbearer was given the responsibility to guard the cup with his life. Even in so much that the cupbearer, that every time the king would go to take a drink of his cup, that he himself would drink of the cup to ensure that if there is poison in this cup, I would die. Can I tell you, I made up my mind a long time ago that I would die for this message. I don't, I don't know if you're hearing it this morning. Your mind may not be made up, but throw me in jail and throw away the key. My mind is made up that I'll live for Jesus. I'll die for Jesus. That I might reign with Jesus. king was going to have an end to his kingdom, it was the cupbearer's responsibility to guard the cup. Can I preach like I feel like preaching this morning? Come on, is it all right if I just preach like I feel like preaching this morning? We live in a time and in an hour, young people, that we have to guard the cup. We have to make up our mind that this is not the hour for games. This is not the hour for tricks. Uh, this is not the hour for us to. This is not that day. This is not that time. Play time is over with the devil. This is a time for you to say, God, I'm willing to stand in your court. Uh, and I don't care what comes against me. Uh, I'm bearing your cup. Uh, I'm bearing your name. Uh, I'm bearing your kingship. Uh, I want to be your child no matter what. Just, just to give you an understanding just how powerful the king's cup was in Genesis 40 and 21 when Pharaoh had the choice to release and restore the baker and the butler. Do you know who died that day? The baker died. Because King Pharaoh understood, he said this, I, I can only imagine him saying this in his mind, I'd rather die at my own hand of starvation and not eating of bread, but I cannot die if something poisons my cup and I die in my own court. And so he restored the butler and not the baker. Because he said, I'd rather starve to death than die by the cup in my own court. Can I tell you that God has trusted us with a great and precious treasure? 
I don't know if you really hear me this morning. God has entrusted us with a great and precious time that you were not born in the days of Saul. You were not born in the days of Matthew, but you were born in the days. You were born in this day. You were born in this hour so that you might stand in the king's court with his approval, with his name, and say, I will protect the kingdom of God. I protect it with my life. I protect it with every fiber of my being, with every pore of the cells of my skin to say sweating and blood. And, and I gotta give everything. I'm going somewhere. I'm just taking my time this morning. Is that all right? I'm not gonna preach long. Listen, listen. The implications of the cupbearer were so great. This is why I just a measly cupbearer named Nehemiah was. He said, you know what? My responsibility goes beyond just this cup. I got to protect the kingdom. I got to be responsible for building the kingdom and the tabernacle of God. And so when he began to erect the walls, it was Nehemiah that was fighting off every adversary that was trying to stop him from doing the work of God. Can I tell some young person this morning, I'm so sick and tired of the lie that said that God does not need you. I'm going to say it again because you, you've heard it long enough. You, you don't even believe what I'm telling you. I'm so sick and tired of saying that God doesn't need you. Well, can I help you out this morning? If he had no need of you, he would not have created you. But the reason why that he created you and replicated you in his image is so that you would bear out the name of Christ in the earth. So you would be an ambassador of his kingship. So you might be a witness. Because every creature in the earth bears the existence of God. And every time you walk in your school classroom, they see the reflection of God. They see the replication of the king. They see the cupbearer that's walking and saying, fill my cup. So don't let the devil lie to you, young people, and tell you that he doesn't need you. He needs you more than he ever did. Listen, and the reason why we have to protect the cup is because if we drink the poison of the cup, there will be nobody else to stand. Oh, I feel like preaching in here. If we drink the poison of the cup, there'll be nobody to protect the king. And I might not make much sense to you right now, but I just want to tell you that it matters what's in your cup. I'm going to say it again so the whole church will hear me. It matters what's in your cup. It matters what's in your, it matters what you allow inside your cup, the defilement of the temple. It matters. I said it matters. Make sure you keep on preaching with me. I just want to let you in on a secret that it matters what's in your cup. Because the adversary would love nothing more uh, than to put one drop after the other uh, of poison that would destroy not only you, uh, but destroy your youth group. Uh, not only destroy you, uh, but destroy everything your pastor worked for. Uh, not only destroy you, uh, but destroy your city. Uh, and it keeps going uh, and going uh, and going uh, because the kingdom needs the bearers of the... 
It's my third year, so, so you know I love you. I'm not trying to beat anybody up. But I got to tell my, my, my young people, I got to tell my generation, we have to be careful what we put in the cup. We got to be careful what we put in the cup because your responsibility is greater than your own desires. Come on, hear me. Hear me preach to you this morning. Your responsibility is greater than the own lust of your flesh uh, that does not want you to worship God, that does not want you uh, to serve God, that does not want you to operate uh, in the will, the ministry, the call that God And he allows us to think that just one drop of poison won't hurt. It's so microscopic, surely it can't hurt. Can I just preach like I feel like preaching? Surely it can't hurt. But young people, we know better. I'm going to say it again. We know better. And that's why the devil tries his best to convince you of the things that you already know are not the truth. He would not try to convince you that all that preaching about movies, that's not necessary. Anybody still with me this morning? All that preaching about the music you listen to, that's not necessary. It's just a little bit of, it's just a little bit of, it's just a little bit of poison in a cup. Can I just step down and preach for a little bit? Yeah, I, and, and, and people are so simple-minded in the most pleasant way I can say that. They say, well, 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 you guys preach against TVs, but what about your phone? Don't worry about that. I've got you covered. Because we know better. We know better sharing our next Netflix passwords to other young people in the youth group. Oh, we know better. Can I just keep on preaching like I feel like preaching? If the reason why you downloaded Apple Music is so you can download whatever song you want to without having to buy it uh, and listen to whatever you want to, uh, you know better. Is this, is this all right preaching this morning? If the only reason why you're in love with Snapchat is because you can send a picture of yourself and your daddy would never see it, you know better. Shame on us. If you want to save and bookmark porn sites to your MacBook. Shame on us if we allow the poison in the cup because you think you're not hurting anybody but yourself. But the king, the king, the king has need of you. I don't know if you hear me preach to you. I'm telling you that the devil will tell you, you can go ahead and do it. Nobody sees you. Nobody's hurt but you. But the king has to drink from the cup. The king has to drink. But I'm telling you, I believe there's some young people that your mind's made up. I will not defile the cup. I will not defile the cup. I will not defile the cup. Come on, anybody with me this morning? This is God's cup. This cup. This cup. This cup. is his cup. This is God's cup. It matters what's in the cup. It matters what's in the cup. Not only the cup. Not only does it matter, 
about what's in the cup, but it matters what table you sit at. It matters what table you sit at because the table that you prop up a reservation and sit down at is indicative of what cup is going to be served at the table. Can I just preach like I feel like preaching? And the reason why we have to guard the inside of the cup is because Luke 11 and 39 says, he, Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. He said, you, you clean the outside of the cup and the inward part. Clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but the inward part is full of ravenings and wickedness. So young people, we believe in holiness. We preach holiness. We live, we breathe holiness. But the outside of the cup, though it be polished and shiny and starched and ironed and curled right and you smell good, the inside of the cup matters. In order for you to get a revelation about the inside of the cup, you have to understand the table first. 1 Corinthians 10 and 21 says this, you cannot drink of the Lord's cup and the cup of devils. But the implications go beyond the cup because the cup is resting on the table. He said, you cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Can I just let you in on a secret? Not only does the cup matter, but the table you sit at matters. I feel like preaching right now, and that's why you got to guard your friends, uh, and you got to guard your DMs, uh, and you got to make sure you're rubbing shoulders with the right people uh, because you who you sit at the table with. scares me. Can I, can I just be honest? It scares me when we are so bold in proclamation and preaching politics before we preach Pentecost. You think God really is concerned about who you vote for more than you witnessing and reaching the children at your school? Do you think God really cares about a, about a party if you're sitting at the devil's table? Listen, listen, the table that you sit at matters because when you sit at the devil's table, you can't control what comes out of that cup. I'm just going to keep on preaching if the devil don't like it. I'm just going to keep on preaching. It matters what table you sit at. It matters where you cross your legs and get comfortable at. It matters where you rest your feet and say, oh, this table looks so good. But it's not just a table. There's a cup at the table. And the reason why you got to be careful what table you sit at is because if you sit at the table of political agendas and world ideologies and you want to sit at the table of social justice movements, you'll find out that you can't control what's in that cup. And you drink that cup and you drink that cup and there'll be nobody else to stand in the king's court. 
And so let me tell these young people something. Listen, listen carefully. I love you with all my heart. And I would not preach this if I not believe this. But I'm telling you, the reason why we preach going out into the streets and reaching your world is not for protest. It's not for making your voice heard. But it's to reach the lost. It's to save your city. It's to knock on their doors. It's to tell them Jesus loves you because I'm a bearer of the king's cup. You got to fall in love with what's happening here. You got to fall in love with what's happening right now. What happened the last two services, God is looking for a Caleb in the kingdom. He's looking for a cupbearer in the kingdom. He's looking for somebody that said, I'm getting the hell out of my cup. I'm getting the devil out of my cup. I'm getting evil out of my cup because the king needs me. The king needs me. The king needs me. I don't know if you hear me. You ought to dance in the king's court because he needs you. You ought to worship in the king's court. Somebody would say, well, well, Brother Williams, what about educational astuteness uh, and, being, and being in conversations to help the dialogue uh, to progress the earth? Uh, can I tell you the only dialogue I'm interested in uh, is repent uh, and be baptized, uh, every one of you, in the name uh, of Jesus Christ uh, for the remission of your sins. Uh, the only message I'm worried about uh, is here, O Israel, uh, the Lord our God is one Lord. Uh, the, only message I'm, the only message I'm preaching uh, is be holy, for I am holy, said the Lord. Uh, it's his this cup, it's this cup, it's this cup. I, can I tell you why I feel like preaching this so boldly? Because I know what's in this cup. Oh, yeah. When you sit at the king's table, can't nobody tell you different. Because I've tasted of the cup, and I know what's in the cup, and I know what... There's something in this cup. There's something about this church. There's something about this atmosphere that the devil's table has nothing on the king's. You can say what you want, but this high is so much better. But this joy is so much better. But this feeling is so much better. But this cup tastes so Don't you know what's in the cup? Don't you know what's in the cup? There's anointing in the cup. What's in the cup of the devil's ta at the devil's table? Oh, but I know there's a water that just flows at the king's table. It just keeps flowing at the king's table. There's an anointing in the king's table. His cup, his cup, this cup of worship is so pure. It's undefiled. It's so holy. It's so pure. I know what's in this cup. This cup. Somebody shout this cup, this cup. I know what holiness looks like. It looks like this cup. I know what purity looks like. It looks like this cup. Come on, lift up your voice and praise God in the house. Come on, worship him. Come on, worship him. Come on, this is your cup. Fall in love with the cup. Protect your cup. This is the king's cup. Come on, worship, worship, worship. 
when you understand the importance of the king's table, when you understand the sanctity and the power that flows at the king's table, <laughs> then you will understand that this is not an hour for us to fall asleep. This is not an hour for us to twiddle out from God. God is looking for bearers of the cup to hold this cup and say, God, whatever you need me to do, I'm here. You want some more, God? I'll give you everything I've got. You need more, God? I'll give you everything I have. You're looking for a young person, God? I'll be the one. You're looking for a preacher, God? I'll be the preacher. You're looking for a Sunday school teacher? I'm her. You're looking for a soul winner? I'll bear the cup. Some of you young people feel it. I feel something right now charging and grabbing a hold of your heart. You feel it right now, don't you? There's a, there's a responsibility. There's a call you can't ignore. It's the call of the cup. It's that same call that King David, Psalm 23 and 5. He said, thou preparest a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My head, thou anointest my head with all. My cup, my cup, my cup running over. The table matters because you'll find out that when people are close, to the king, people want to be close to you. I'm going to say that again. The cupbearer was so influential in the kingdom. It's because if you wanted to be close to anybody, you wanted to know the cupbearer. You wanted to know them because they had conversations with the king daily. Can you tell the king? Can you, can you tell the king what I'm, what I'm bothered with? Can you, can you tell the king what I'm struggling with? I, I can't get in the court, but you can. Young people, the reason why you can't play games with the devil is because you know a God and you have conversations with a God that these young people don't ever have. But you are the in-between. You are the intercessor for the earth. And God is counting on you to relay the message that God saved my friends at school. God saved my co-workers. They need you. They need me. I'll bear the cup in the king's court. There was something you got to understand the transition of this text. Is it on the board? Psalm 23 and 5. You got to understand the transition of this text that before you ever get to the cup, that what's at the table is what's important. What you have to endure at the table is what matters. Can I tell you that God is setting us up? Hear me right now. God is setting his church and his people up. Just like God set up David, Psalm 23 and 5. Psalm 23 and 5, he set up David. He said, David, I'm going to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. And when I read this, Brother Williams, I, in my mind, I did what all of us think about that. David had enemies and it was people, but our enemies are really not people. Can I just preach a little while? Our enemies are really not the people that you think are your enemies. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. 
I said there's principalities that's running your city. There's principalities that's got stronghold on a university you go to. There's principalities that's walking bold in the... And God is setting us up so that you can endure and sit in comfort at the king's table even when the enemies sit all around you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. So don't you tell me that you can't walk in a hallway with girls holding hands because they're bound by the spirit of lesbianism and people are trying to commit suicide. Don't you tell me you can't sit at the king's table and walk with your head up in the king's court and walk in your school halls with anti-God professors because you are made to sit at the king's. I said he made you, he called you, he knows you by name. He said, are oh, you my cupbearer? Are oh, you my cupbearer? Are oh, you my cupbearer? Young people, you can't, the reason why God can't bless us is because we keep teetering between two tables. But let me tell you what happens when you make up your mind to say, I'm going to sit at this table and I'm not getting up. If you want to find me, find me in the prayer room. If you want to find me, find me talking to Jesus. If you want to find me, find me at the king's table. You know where I am. You know where to find me. I'm at the king's table. I'll be right here in the altar. Don't look for the girl that's struggling in the back and don't want to pray. She ain't at the king's table. Don't look for the brother that's so cool he can't clap. He ain't at the king's table. I don't know if you hear me right now, but I don't have time for those that want to bear the cup of the devil. I don't have time for those that want to sit at a table for devils. But I am a cup bearer. I'm a cup bearer. I'm a cup bearer. I'm a cup bearer. I'm a cup bearer. I feel it coming, I feel it right now, I feel it right now. This is not a cliche, this is not a cliche when we pray for an outpouring of God's spirit. We're praying that God would inhabit the praises of his people, that he would step in the tabernacle and the cloud of glory would fill the house because at the king's table, when you sit here and you make up your mind, I'm going to live holy, I'm going to dress holy, I'm going to walk holy, I'm going to talk holy, I'm going to be holy. That's when the anointing comes. That's when the anointing comes. Because God said, I found a trustworthy bearer of the cup. I found a young lady that she's going to keep up purity till she's married. I found a young man that he's going to walk with me when nobody else walks. I found... He said, God, you sent me, you positioned me 
right where I need to be because you want me to you want me to sit here and know that I cannot be intimidated by my enemies because there's a progression of anointing that's about to flow on you young people there's a progression of anointing that's about to flow in this house and King David he remembered when Samuel came and he began to pour that oil on his head he remembered that day that nobody thought that he was fit to be king that nobody thought he would be in the king's court that nobody thought David said, thou anointest my head with oil. Thou anointest my head with oil. That's all that's flowing right now. And guess what? All those that are going to get it are those that saying, I'm going to sit at the king's table. Those that are going to get it are those that are not afraid to be in an altar crying their face out and sweating their clothes out and screaming till they can't. That's, who, that's who's going to get it. when you get a hold, when you get a hold of God, when you get a hold of the king's table, can I tell you what happens? King David said, God, I made up my mind. I made up my mind. Use me, Lord. I don't feel like I'm smart enough. I don't feel like I'm qualified. I don't feel like I'm able. But my cup is empty and it's undefiled and it's ready to be filled. And King David said, my cup run it over. My cup run it over. And it began to spill out on the table. And everybody that came in contact with David felt the anointing. And everybody that came out with David, they felt the cup. They felt the spirit. They felt the water. My cup overflows. My cup overflows. My cup overflows. Let them see you love Jesus. Let them see you worship Jesus. I'm a cup bearer. I'm a cup bearer. God made you for this hour. He put you in this day. He called you by his name. Come on, let your flow. Come on, let it flow. 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 This all that's flowing in me, I hope it gets on you. This all that's flowing on me, I hope it gets on your teacher. This all that's flowing. My cup overflowing. There's an anointing. There's God's pouring something in you. I'm talking to you, sister. God's pouring something in you. You're going to be a preacher's wife. And he needs your cup to be undefiled. He needs your cup to be undefiled. Here's my cup. This is my cup. This is my cup. I give it to you, God. I give it to you, God. I give it to you, God.
I'll tell you what, you got reason. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Can I tell you why? You need your cup overflowing. It's because when you leave room for the devil, there's room for poison to get in. There's room for poison to get in. There's room for your ministry to be destroyed. You better cut off that girl. You better cut off your friends. You better cut off that movie. You better cut off that music. You better cut off because you're the cover. this response, but you have to hear me. I want us to come quickly to the music. I want you to hear me. Because this is bigger than a conference. This is bigger than a service. This is bigger than me. God, I don't even feel qualified and worthy to preach this. I said, God, If I don't have the words, fill my cup. And I pray something just, just spills over from this pulpit. And you just feel a ray of the water, the pure water that flows. Listen, 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 listen. listen. We're going to get there. Listen, I have to finish this. Listen. The reason why I'm preaching like this about the cup because I take you to Matthew 26 and 39 that Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and there's always the point that you know you know you know that God is calling you you know, you know for a fact that God spoke to you. You know for a fact that he's placed his mark on you. And it's undeniable you can't sleep. You're tormented every time conferences come around. Because you say, that's another day I got to hear a call from the cup. And Jesus, because he was God manifested in the flesh, had to deal with his flesh. Like you have to deal with your flesh. Jesus is in the garden. <laughs> and he knew what he had to do. He knew what his responsibility was. <laughs> and even God Almighty, knowing his responsibility at the time, even God Almighty fell on his face. He fell on his face during prayer time. <laughs> he said, I'm not ready for this cup yet. I'm preaching to you in the Holy Ghost right now. When it came time for altar call and God was pulling, God is pulling, God is pulling. And there's something in you that said, I'm still young. I'm not ready for the cup. What about my career? What about my job? What about my degree? I'm not ready for the cup. 
God is trying to get you to step out of the precipice of where you've always been uh, sitting at the devil's table. And he said, I got so much for you here. If you commit to the cup. And Jesus said, he said, let this cup pass from me. Let it, let it pass. Let it pass, please. Please, I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want, I don't want to be a preacher. Everybody in my family is a preacher. And they expected it of me, but I heard from God and I know. I'm talking to you this morning. I'm talking to the backslidden young people. You've been sitting at the devil's table. And the call of the cup, you can't ignore it. Because when you're here, these are the best days of your life. When you're with the youth group, these are the best days of your life. And you know sitting at the king's table is the best thing you've ever had. Your family doesn't love you like the king does. Your friends don't love you like the king does. Why not sit at the king? see the word nevertheless in the word of God it was as if it was an acceptance to what I don't want to do and Jesus said nevertheless not as I will not my will not my goals not my desires not my path not my own life not what I want to do but what God wants to do in me I can't ignore it And he says, nevertheless, 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 nevertheless. Like it was his acceptance speech to the cup. Oh, but there was still some reservation. There was still some unsettledness. There was still some uncommitment that he wasn't ready all the way to the cup. And he tried to go to his disciples and say, and say, can you pray with me? This cup, this cup is after me. This, this, this sacrifice, this, this call is after me. Can you help me pray? Can you help me pray? Is this really the will of God? And the disciples could not even understand what he was talking about. Because it wasn't their call. It wasn't their cup. It wasn't the burden they had to bear. I'm talking to young men right now. You can play cool if you want to, but someday you got to step away from your friends and say, God's got a cup. He's got a cup that you know nothing about. He's got a call that you don't know nothing about. And I'm not better than you, and I love you, but the call of the cup is greater. And Jesus realized that at the end of the day, Brother Williams, if I got to stand alone by myself, when everybody else thinks I should do something different, if I got to stand by myself and everybody's giving me their word of counsel of what I should do, I said, God, I want to be at your table. I want 
God, search my heart. There's room, there's room for your waters. God, search me out. There's room in your cup. In verse 42, and Jesus realized that maybe nobody understands what I'm called to do. Can I tell you, even if your mama and your daddy don't understand, know that God has called you. Even if nobody ever qualifies or affirm with a pat on your shoulder, you teach home Bible studies in your school. You teach Bible studies to your friends. You reach everybody you can because you are bearer of the cup. And there came another altar call. There came a time of darkness. There came an impact youth conference. And Jesus, look at what he says, look at what he says. He said, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it. God, I've tried to run as far as I could, and the cup is still chasing me. I tried to do my own thing as much as long as I could, but the cup is still haunting me. I'm telling you right now in the Holy Ghost, that God let you come to this season, to this altar call, is because you can't escape the cup. You can't escape this call. You can't escape what God has been whispering in your ears. You can't sleep. You can't shake it. It's undeniable. You can't get rid of it. Your friends don't understand, and nobody knows. But there's anointment that flows from this cup. And God's not going to stop until you accept. God's not going to stop until you say, Thy will be done. I'm preaching to everybody in this room, but I'm not preaching to everybody in this room. Because I'm preaching to those that your mind is made up, that you're sick of the devil's table. I'm talking about going and cleaning your phone out when you leave this service. I'm talking about going and cleaning your laptop out when you leave this service. When you get home and you're unpacking your clothes from this conference and you look at all your holy garments that you're wearing right now, you get rid of the rest of them. I'm talking about going to your drawer uh, and you take out your, your face colorings uh, and you take out your, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you got to make up your mind to sit uh, at the king's table.
because God will not leave you alone. Jonah tried to commit suicide and he couldn't do it. And I know God has moved in every service, and I'm not, no service, no service is greater than any. But I'm telling you, this hour is. And God wants you to leave being a bearer of the cup. I want every young person from this wall to that back corner, to that back corner. To that back corner. If you're serious about this, if you bought your if you bought your ticket to the devil's table already, you can buy it. You sit in the cheap seat, stay there. But if you say, you know what, I got to this table and this ain't what it this ain't what I thought it was. Let's steal a seat at the king's table. Let's steal a seat right here at the king's table. Right here in this altar when you can say, God, I've, I've, I've passed this cup up a bunch of times before. I've passed up this cup. I said, God, don't call me to the ministry. I don't want to preach. I don't want to be called. But you are. But you are. But you are. And so you might as well drink the cup. Drink it. I want you to lift up your hands as high as you can. Come on, come on, pour out everything else. Everything else, pour it out. Pour out everything else you put in your cup. In the journey of life, there are winding roads. Say, God, I'm filling my cup. I'm filling my cup. He won't pass me. He won't leave me alone. This call is too great. This burden I can't shake. This commitment to the cup is haunting me. I'm still focused on the price that's worth pressing for.